Hi, it's Ellen Robinson, and this is the 11 Live podcast. The last podcast that I did was on, I shared about perfection and loneliness and how perfection keeps us from our authentic, our true expression, feeling how we feel moment to moment, thinking the thoughts that we're thinking moment to moment, doing what is true for us. Um, And what perfection does is keeps us from that because we're trying to live by an idea as opposed to living in our authentic expression. Perfection also keeps us from being in relationship with ourselves, knowing our likes and dislikes. And this leads to, cuts us off from ourself and creates an experience of loneliness. So today I want to talk about what I'm calling perfection and the messy. Perfection and the messy. Perfection does not like messy. The very function of perfection is to keep up a facade. Perfection is false. This falseness of perfection makes us sick, keeps us emotionally, physically, and mentally unwhole, as well as lonely, as I discussed, as I mentioned in the last episode of 11 Live. So what do I mean by messy? Well, anything that I or you might do or say or be that causes waves, upset, conflict in ourselves or in others. We don't want to go there because that is actually pushing on our own pain. And I've talked about this in several of the last, (coughs) excuse me, episodes that If you imagine your energy, your essence as an energy field, and in the center of that field, that there's a rock, and that rock represents your pain, my pain, and that rock casts a shadow, and it's the shadow parts of us that we don't see, and perfection wants to shut that shit down. Perfection wants to keep the shadow the shadow. Perfection is afraid, it's fear-based of the shadow. Um, and how important it is to allow the shadow. Okay. Um, all right. I want to just, I finished this really amazing book for my book club called Somewhere Sisters. And I'm just going to share some things now that really help hone in on this idea of perfection and the messy, either allowing the messy or not allowing the messy. And I just want to say again that it's not, I'm not saying don't, don't be, don't be a perfectionist. Don't, because you can't, it's, you can't have, you have to do it until you don't. So I mean, I definitely did not want the messy forever. And so until I started to, you know, open to that. And before I get to this book, um, 
I've shared this before, but really allowing my messy, quote unquote, to come forth allowed me to begin painting. Um, I did not want to start painting. I had a coach at the time and she brought paints and canvas to the session and said, paint. And I was like, I don't paint. Like I was so annoyed. So notice, just notice like what, <laughs> what are the things that are like, I don't want to do that. Um, and for the longest time in my life, if ever I was uh, faced with doing something new, I wouldn't want to do it because I didn't want to feel the pain of failing at it because I didn't know how to do it. That's what I'm talking about. And it can be huge things in our life, seemingly huge and then seemingly small. And it's just, it's all big when we can allow our messy, allow the feelings and the thoughts that are going to cause waves, conflict and upset. Okay, I'm just going to read um, a paragraph from this book, Somewhere Sisters. And um, it's a book about adoption. And it's, a, it's nonfiction. The girls who were adopted gave complete permission. They saw all the edits and the final version. And then when the mom in the book... Um, saw the book. She said this to the author who had been working on this for pretty several years. Um, she says, after going through the fact checking, the mom expressed upset over my conversations Sorry guys, I'm trying to, um, there it goes. All right. Express upset over my conversation with, and I'm just going to, the girls about various issues that she saw as dark and negative, including race, identity, adoption, trauma, and the difficulty of reunion. After the book went into production, Keely, that's the mom wrote to me in a world where there is so much tension and divide, you could have told a story of love and inclusivity with difficult moments that were very real, but instead you have told a controversial, complex, and ugly story with rare, beautiful moments. And what the interesting thing is, is like that I understand is this mom's experience. I mean, that's, I love that she communicated that. The fact that she did is, you know, her facing perhaps her messy and what I want to say is that this was a beautiful book and I didn't agree with what she was writing at all with this mom wrote. I would say she did uh, tell a story of love and inclusive inclusivity with difficult moments that were very real. Um, and I just, I note that the part where she says in a world where there's so much tension and divide, you could have that, 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 We all say that to ourselves. We may not be conscious of it, but like, oh, I don't want to rock the boat. Oh, I don't like, and there's so much tension and divide in the world. But the, the reality is we're not going to come to peace, harmony, and balance in the world, let alone ourselves. Um, if we do not say the things we think we cannot say, do the things we think we cannot do, and be the things we think we cannot be, it's just not going to happen. 
So we have to go toward the, the tension and divide, meet it and move through it. Cause that's what happens. Um, okay. The other thing I want to talk about, um, is there, it, there is, I watched two documentaries yesterday and they're both about an hour and they're both maybe like seven or eight years old. And one is called what haunts us. And it is about, uh, sexual, you know, molestation in a high school, uh, a beloved man who was super charismatic, um, was molesting kids, students for 40 plus years. And just, I want to, one of the quotes, a couple of the quotes by two parents really, um, actually one quote, one quote really struck me. And that was, I think we all want our children to have a wonderful childhood and we don't want to bring up bad stuff. Now, mind you, she was trying to make sense of it all. But that's what we do. We we make excuses. Perfection makes excuses for inexcusable inexcusable behavior. Again, what is perfection? Perfection is an idea of how something should be. Well, my our world, you know, we should our children. We want a wonderful childhood for our children. That's an idea about childhood. <laughs> And because she wanted that, and she's saying we all do, but because she wanted that, and many people in the story were mum about this guy. And even a student who was writing, and of course it's years later, so she was just a teenager. So it's, there's no blame, I'm not, there's no blame. It's just, I wanna pull this all out so we can see it. Um, and it, through these examples, and then maybe you can see it in your life. And, be, and we can all start to wake up to the, to, to how we are adhering to these perfect ideas about how things should be, how I should be, how you should be for you. Um, and how it's really killing us. It's killing our life. It's killing our aliveness. It is not allowing us to fully live. And in cases like this, terrible things are going unknown. People were afraid to rock the boat, to make waves, to create upset with, with this guy, with this school, who, which was a very prestige, prestigious school, with all the, you know, the heads of, um, the heads of the companies, um, the CEOs of the different industries that, um, were represented in the parents of the kids at the schools at the school they just they didn't want to make waves and so I just thought that was so interesting I think we all want our children to have a wonderful childhood and we don't want to bring up bad stuff even when this bad stuff is hurting kids and she said it with you know wistfully with and with regret I'm not saying and I'm not it's not that she's wrong that none of them are wrong it's it it's that we need, we get to all wake up now in our lives and um, say what we need to say, do what we need to do and be who we need to be. There was another documentary called Little White Lie and it was about this girl 
who, this young woman now, this woman now, who um, was raised, what she said is, is passing. And that's what is called when you can, you are black or biracial, but you look white and you look white. And so they call it's called passing. You can pass for white. And so this was all her childhood. She felt that she was different from her friends, but, and you know, that little nagging voice or feeling was there, but she was just like, well, they would pull out, her family would pull out this picture of her grandfather or great uncle or somebody, well, your uncle's from Sicily. And you know, you've got, you look like him with your thick hair, your, your olive skin and you know, your thick curly hair. And she, because she didn't want to go there into the messy of her, because the messy is our pain, right? So ultimately that's what it is. And you know, who wants to do that? Okay. So she didn't want to do that. And so, and she was little and a little girl. And then she was a girl in middle school and high school. And then she went away to college and people, she started hanging out with the black kids. And she said, she finally felt like she was at home with people, with herself. And she realized she had to talk to her parents and what came out was that her mother had an affair um, and with a black man. And um, the mother had never even told the dad. They're divorced. They didn't even have this an honest conversation about it in their marriage. The mother could not face her messy. Um, and, you know, the messy being what's going to cause upset, conflict, the wave, you know, making waves. She couldn't face it within herself, let alone with everybody else. And at some point in the documentary, her daughter is asking her about it for like the third time because it took her daughter a lot of steps to find the courage and, 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 you know, multiple times. And she just kept going back to her mom. <clears throat> and her mom said, my first reaction is I wanted to make her stop talking. And that's what people do. They want to shut it down. They want to shut their own messy down. They want to shut other people's messy down. I did. I wanted to shut my messy down. And I did for years. I wanted to shut other people's messy down. I have told you the story I've shared with you about when I lived um, in the suburbs, in the city where I live, and I shared a video. I'm not going to go into it now, but that I was so excited to share with my cul-de-sac and my neighbors and the, it, what it did is it stirred up people's messy. <laughs> it made waves. It, it made conflict. People did not like it. It upset them, which really, it really did surprise me because that was not, it was not a bad video in terms of upsetting nature, but I, it taught, I'm so glad I had that experience because it's given, gave me courage. It gave me more, brought me more into my brave to be who I am, to be me, um, and show up and say what I need to say and share what I need to share to come into my authentic expression. And it is about, you know, our own sustainability and being able to sustain ourself, our authentic self, because the perfection is not sustainable. And um, everybody is going through their journey in life at the perfect speed and on time. And will, uh, everybody wakes up in their life 
to the to whatever they wake up to in in the perfect time. But these these documentaries, I I loved that I they came when they came yesterday and that I could share them with you. And then one the last thing I want to share is well in the last podcast I did um I talked about how I went to Costco and the story about the Tapo Chico sparkling water. And, you know, that's just an everyday thing. Um, And I've had another experience and I wanted to wait until I made the call today so that I could share it here with you what what happened. Um, My son got his wisdom teeth out um, almost a month ago. And as well as he had a biopsy on his gum. So he had a place removed on his gum and he's fine. It's benign. Um, and when he, when they came out to get me and brought me back to him, he was sitting on a bench in what I would call this like breezeway. And when he saw me, he stood up and he almost fell. Like that's how loopy he still was dopey really and he was still really bleeding a lot from his mouth I mean his gauzes were soaked and blood was dripping from his mouth I and I did remember like I did think you know looking back like this is kind of strange like why are they have him sitting here on a bench um and he's still so dopey that he almost fell over and he's got all this blood but he kept saying how tired he was and of course, he had to sit there until the doctor came in so they, they could get their process part of it done. Um, and the doctor, well, okay, I'm not going to go there. But so we leave and, um, okay, so that's that. Well, then, and I don't, I wasn't called. I didn't feel compelled to, like, call in and, and share that with them, that, that experience. Well, then <clears throat> my husband tells me that, they had to send the um, the biopsy to a lab, a pathology lab, and we get this, you know, statement, this invoice, and it, yes, an invoice that says your well, actually, it was a statement that said your doctor did not submit the insurance, your insurance information. So you know, and so then my husband did that, and then. Um, we, we realize they send a notice that says you're not, this is out of network. And they took such great, this was, this was, I, I felt myself being annoyed by all this. Like what? I mean, they, they were so careful to cover their costs, like to, and go over that with me. Like, this is how much the wisdom teeth will be. This is insurance. will pay this. This is your part of it. The biopsy was a medical thing and it was not covered by insurance and they told me how much it would be. But they didn't say a word about this other lab thing. And so like the more I thought about it, I'm like, that is, and the more I allowed my messy, my what's gonna, you know, possibly cause conflict or create waves, right? Definitely not perfection to call up and talk about this. That's not what perfection is. Perfection does not want um to, to make waves. Perfection does not want, um, any kind of negative, quote unquote, negative, um, negativity, right. That could be be perceived. And what I'm telling you is messy is not negative. Messy is needed. Messy is the truth. 
and I'm, and 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 we've got to keep bringing up our messy until all our messy is clear, until it runs clear, until it's resolved, until our shadow that comes from that rock is no longer, and that we're we are fully the light that we are. But until that day, we've got to keep bringing up the messy. We've got to keep saying the things that we don't perhaps want to say and that other people don't want to hear. Like that daughter and her mom was like, oh my God, I just want to make her stop talking. <laughs> We've all done, I mean, I, I mean, our, my daughter, Marin, and she, you know, with her depression, anxiety, OCD, ADHD, you know, journey, I have definitely wanted to make her, you know, in, you know, along the journey, like, oh my God, like make this stop because it was so hard. It's been very difficult. And, you know, just acknowledge those feelings within yourself is important too. Like all of it to acknowledge that you're having that feeling or whatever the feeling is for you. Okay. Back to miles and the, the, the teeth. Um, so, so then, um, I realized they have not called with the pathology results the doctor is not called. And then the other thing I realized is they never called to check on Miles. Two things that it's been a month, right? Almost a month. So I realized yesterday that I'm going to make this call. So I call this morning and just by the time, you know, I talked to this woman and just laid it all out. And I just said, you know, especially what I said, you guys were so great with the upfront care. The doctor was great. And I said, the post-op care, I said, just was not good. And it didn't feel good. And it's not, it's just what, it's not okay. It's just, it's not okay. And I just needed you to know that. And, um, and I said, I don't know if you make follow-up calls when someone has, you know, a procedure, but you, if you don't, you should. And, um, and I said, you know, the doctor hasn't, didn't call us with the results. Oh, you know, so it's, and, and really like I shared in another podcast about sharing something deeply, you know, that I needed from my hut with that my, that I needed my husband to do sharing something with him that I needed him to do from, you know, it was really to go with me to a funeral service of a dear friend and he was so busy and I shared, I said, anyway, I knew it would create upset in him because I, he's already told me he's busy. How often do we do that as spouses or partners, how we keep silent when we really need something from our partner. And it doesn't, what I want it, what I going here is because it's not, Oh, I'm going to get my way. I'm going to call this doctor's office to get my way. I mean, it can be that, but that's not that wasn't my intention. I, the, the power comes in sharing, saying what you need to say, asking for what you need, doing what you need to do because it's the truth. Perfection and the truth are opposite things. You cannot be in your authentic expression and be, and be in perfection, live in perfection. The, per, the perfection that says, I don't allow messy. I don't allow conflict. I don't allow upset. I don't allow the waves. And it takes, you know, as I talked about yesterday, it takes courage in the last podcast and last episode is when I talked about it. It takes courage and the bravery, bravery of self 
and and it feels so good because when you when we when I for me and you for you say the things we couldn't didn't think we could say do the things we didn't think we could do and be the things we didn't think we could be it opens up a space for more for more authentic uh, for more of ourselves for more authentic expression for more of our light and you know more of of who we are and then we see more of ourselves and we're like oh my god i remember you feels so good to be me it feels so good to be me when we open when we can open to when we can break through the veneer of perfection there is so much waiting when we go to the messy and allow the messy